This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Well, boys and girls, here we are at the penultimate episode of the Ho 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 Homestel Radio Podvent Calendar. Nearly there. <laughs> there's been highs, there's been lows, but I think we can all safely say that a rip roaring time has been had by all former players, current actors and comedians, photographers, a real varied Christmas trifle of all things Crystal Palace. You lucky sods. So, with that in mind, let's take a quick look back at what we like to call the best bits. Having said that, we put all the best bits together, and it only totaled about 26 seconds, so we've had to pad it out with other bits and pieces too. I did suggest we play my rap on a loop for 20 minutes, but the producers told me to go fuck myself. What are you gonna do, eh? Haters gonna hate. Well, Christmas morning we uh, would, would wake up obviously at a normal time. Uh, my boy's getting a bit older now, so uh, <laughs> you know the sort of the six, seven o'clock light, all excitement's uh, fading out. We, so uh, we would be a normal time. We would uh, we'd definitely have a glass of champagne because uh, you know it's, it's Christmas, so we would do that. Um, we'd open our presents. Uh, probably have a nice bacon bacon roll at some stage. Then, well, shall, shall I carry on for the whole day or just yeah, yeah, go for it, yeah, go for it. Right, okay, well, then, uh, where I am now, I'm at my local uh, conservative club. Uh, we, we, well, the Memorial Club, we go up there, like, like traditional Christmas should be, 12 till 2, pubs and clubs, so we'd, yeah. we'd have a couple of pints down there. Uh, this particular year, I will be going out for dinner, but sometimes we would, we would stay at home, so we'd pretend I was staying at home, so what I would do, I would, uh, 12 till 2, go and have a couple of couple of uh, beers with the boys i'd go back home and my speciality is uh, seafood which is a meal in itself seafood starter so that would be like uh, <laughs> you name it lobster crayfish uh you know cock every, anything you can think of that would be uh with that we'd eat that at about half three and i don't have my christmas dinner because believe me if you was to witness that you it takes a good hour and a half to even think about anything else so my 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 christmas dinner is about six to be honest a nice uh six o'clock 
uh, and then we just eat. And that's just sort of <laughs> I say. We, we eat. I do do the whole lot. I like uh, whole trimmings. Uh, and then, well, I'm not even. Then we get onto the cheese, which is uh, that's another <laughs> another. That's at least another hour and a half, two hours once you start getting the port out. So. So basically, the whole day actually, yeah, is uh, apart from the relaxing twelve till two, it's just an eat fest. To be honest, oh, uh, I want to get an invite. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah no, they, they are good. I mean, uh, I've not ate today that much, and I'm salivating now. But I do, uh, <laughs> I do like me the, uh, the Christmas. Yeah, that's how it should be. I mean, the you telly's bad. gone rubbish now. You know, I mean, when it, when it used to be the the telly that you know we did watch a bit of telly, but now it, it's too much choice. So that's not that's nothing different now. So we we, we, we yeah we we just eat. <laughs> Talking of uh, other ex-Palace strikers, there's a certain Mr. Murray who's uh, started banging them <laughs> down on the south coast again. I don't know how he could bring himself to do that, but he I is. Uh, I mean, what's happened there? He, he's, he's got, you know, he's essentially got a robot leg because of his knee injury. He's he's about 44 now. What? How is he? How is he still doing it at Premier League level? Hey, listen. I mean, I speak to Glenn almost you know, every week, either by text or on the phone, and you just get. And Glenn, as he was at Palace, you just got to get the service into the box room. He gives you absolutely nothing outside of that. Uh, he's not going to run channels. He's a handful in terms of balls up and in around his head. He can bring it down, bring people into play. Um, but you know, they're putting crosses in the box and he's scoring. Um, and that's what Glenn Murray does best. Uh, so it's no coincidence that when you know you do that, he will get on the end of him. And you know, I've I've had a couple of digs at him for doing it for Brighton and celebrating and all that. You know, I still see, I still see him in a red and blue jersey. And I can't I can't quite get the head around him being back in that Seagulls jersey. But uh, I'm pleased for him on a personal note. You know, after the you know horrific injury he had at the the tail end of our championship campaign uh, campaign and. You know, didn't really get an opportunity when he get, but when he came back fit to uh, to play regularly at Palace, which was obviously his decision firstly to go to Bournemouth and then obviously back to uh, back to Brighton. And he's playing and he's scoring, and and I know that obviously he's. I know having spoke to him how much uh, he loves Palace, even though he is in a Brighton shirt. You know, his time there got him to to where he is, um, and but he'll go out. And he'll do his job for Brighton, try and win the game, score goals. Um, and I don't begrudge him that. That's his job. That's what he's going to do. You know what? I think we've got fun all day. And it's funny because you talk about it in the past. I think because we were quite young, I remember being with John Slarko quite young, I don't think you really get to grips and appreciate the day for what it is because you all think, oh, I'll come back again in a couple of years' time. This is great. I like this. But yeah. it's difficult. People don't realise how difficult it is to get to Wembley and playing the FA Cup final. So people say you've got to cherish them days because they may not come around again. And, and they're very, very right. We've got through to a few more semi-finals, I believe, uh, Palace and certainly the League Cup. But the Cup final day was just... Yeah, it was just... You look back at it now, blue and red everywhere. And, you know, you're playing against Manchester United. You, you, you're going all around the world. And in probably one of the... <laughs> One of the most exciting cup finals in many a year, a three-all draw. If you use part of that, the replay was obviously a damp squid. Uh, not just the result, but also the kit we wore and everything that went with it. But yeah. in terms of the actual, <laughs> in terms of the actual day, you know, you're playing against the likes of Paul Lynch, Brian Robson, Mark Hughes. You know, in the FA Cup final as a young lad, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And I just thought for Crystal Palace, 
you know, had never been involved in one. And, you know, we went for the semi-final, which was just probably a better game than the final at times, uh, kind of thing. But, yeah, it's, you do, it's just immense proudness. It's just you're proud you're representing the football club. And for me, personally, coming through the youth system as well, it probably made it a little bit more extra special for me because the football club, we looked after me as a young lad. You know, I come from one-parent family, times were hard. Yeah. Um, very much you know, and the football club used to send down a car for me to go training at Mitchum as a young 15, 16 year old and you know I, I was I was looked after as a young lad the club did a lot lot for me and for me to represent that club in FA Cup final was a very very special moment for me very special the Funniest player you ever played with? Um, well, I've stuck it to a bit of a Palace theme. Uh, I'd have to say David Tuttle. I can't tell you any stories. <laughs> you, you, you laughed at him rather than with him because <laughs> he wasn't the sharpest knife in the block, but some of the things he did was absolutely hilarious. But what a nice guy as well. And I must admit, my time at Palace was with some of the most fantastic people, not just footballers, but they were fantastic lads. And we had a great team spirit. Okay, so then the next on my list says the stupidest player. So does it does Tuttle fall in the same category? Well, he could have. But I didn't want to name him, but actually, it was somebody who he who, he, he was he was not bright at all. There was a young lad called Rory Gindy, and um, <laughs> young I'm Irish not, I, lad. The, re- the reason I'm laughing, Gareth, is because um, a couple of days ago, Palace fans were tweeting out um, Palace-related players with. Um, Halloween themed names and um, I went a little bit retro with mine and I said Gory Ginty and a lot of people didn't even know who he was (laughs) so it's it's really funny for me that you mention him now (laughs) well there was a couple of lads there was a few of them who lived in uh, like club lodgings uh, with families because you know being abroad and he was and he was only a young lad you know he was a young pro and everything but I remember a couple of the lads telling me once that uh, they were always playing jokes on him but he was absolutely fuming one night because eventually he found his bread that he bought in the bread bin. <laughs> he thought, and he thought that the boys had hidden it. But and it just in, the, you know, and that's that's how bright he was. He just, but what a talented young footballer! Great lad, another great lad, great fun. Um, but you know, yeah, not the sharpest knife. <laughs> Hear the uh, the clue first of all. Well, he's enjoying it. Wow, some beauty, man. What on earth is that going to sound like played in reverse? Wow. I can't want to hear that again. Wow. I'm from Slough. Definitely. (laughs) (laughs) Let's hear how Dick did. (laughs) Warriors who fuffle fuffle. And how does that sound, Lady Rivers? (laughs) Well, not not exactly comprehensive there, Nick. Let's move on to Lucy. Lucy, how was your breakfast? (laughs) Let's hear that played in reverse. I've had no hour else. Well, uh, um, I can't get worse than this. (laughs) (laughs) Play that again, please. I want to upload my ringtone. I've had no hour else. 
I've got a little friend in your pocket, wouldn't you, phone going off? Sorry. <laughs> so, this is like an cat of some sort, so let's talk about Let's see our attempt. Schwa, 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 schwa. It's not perfect, that's still one of my favourite noises ever. Let's see that played in reverse. Ah, schwa, 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 <laughs> what the hell we were trying to do there? Something about Father Christmas, or I don't know. Well, I've got nothing, I really haven't. Uh, let's hear it reveal. Pass the Brussels sprouts. Yeah, I tell you, but that was the deal, you see. They took. The deal was, I was to. They were using every one of my photographs for the Malcolm Allison lounge and of course there was no payment and, and the, they're still up in the lounge but they said at that time for, for uh, in, in, in lieu of payment and to thank you for donating all your photographs of Malcolm Allison uh, we will give you two free tickets and you could use the at Malcolm Allison Lounge. Well, then this guy who made the deal with me wasn't in writing, and he left. He, he after about six months or maybe less, and then all of a sudden it all became different. They'd taken away, <laughs> they'd taken away my access all areas, which meant I couldn't go up to the Allison Lounge or anything. Even though um, I had all your photos in there. And, to the, and, and I'm not allowed in there now. Oh dear! Oh really? That's a, I, that's a real. I think that's ridiculous because I used to like to take my grandchildren in turn. Uh, that's what that's who I use my spare ticket for. My grandchildren, I, I take it in turn to take them with me to the match, and I'd love to take them up and say, "Look, this is your man's work. This is this whole room, from absolutely every bit of wall space on my." Mark Wright. Hello, Brighty. <laughs> Is that good? Merry Christmas, everybody. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Oh, it's, it's, well, it's good, you know? It's good. Things, things are on the up, aren't they? You know? <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully by the time it comes, it will be. Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, I'm sure by the time this goes out, we'll uh, be marching up the league. And it's good of you to, uh, to wear some tinsel behind that door as well. Thanks for doing that. Much appreciated. Yeah. Got the four months on. You got the shirt on. Got the, the sweater. Got the, got the old. Um, I've got the. I've got the shoes and that. I've got everything. I'm really Christmas up. <laughs> you know, over the top with the mistletoe of your head, Mark. Colin Palmer's very funny. Very very funny. Um, it's one of those where I didn't like. I didn't used to like him when I played against him because he had too much to say. That's, that's coming from me as well. So <laughs> he, uh, he had a bit too much, and me and Ryan never used to get on with him, to be honest. And then when I moved to Sheffield Wednesday, I thought, I'm not sure I'm going to like him. But ended up absolutely loving him, loving him to death. That's one of the funniest people. And sometimes he wasn't trying to be funny. And that's then the, fun, that's the funniest then, when they're not trying to be funny. And um, he had this suit on one day, right? Come in, I don't know where he had it from. He had zips all over it. And then I come walking through the door, and they all went, Right, right, have a look at C's suit. And I, I looked at it, he stood up, turned around, I went, whoa, C, nouveau riche. And he went, thanks very much, Bray. 
<laughs> I don't know what it means, Brian, but it sounds impressive. <laughs> Love it. Oh, he's, he was hilarious. Um, in our changing room, I would have to say Righty. Righty is the kind, it's very difficult to, it's funny every day, really. Just say something funny every day. Um, char- charisma, I suppose. Charisma, personality. They all go together to the funny thing, I think. So I'd have to say Righty, just for just millions of reasons, really, uh, over the years of the things he's said and done. Well, I had a great time, you know, great moments in my life, and now I want to, I want to really be one day a Premier League coach, you know, Premier League manager, you know. Really? So, so, that, so that's yeah. your ambition? Yeah. Is it? That's, yeah. my, that's my next, that's my next challenge. That's my next challenge, and I'm, I am a business guy, and I now have all, you know, support of the of the people from academy give me all, you know, the you know, give me all chances and believe in me and we work together. We're competing with the biggest clubs in England, Christophe's Academy. It's a great time for for a Christophe Solo Club. Academy is doing great. You know, fans should be shouldn't be worried about future. You know, so and I'm learning every day and I believe in myself and I see that I have that in me and um, you know, I want to take that challenge and I want to be a Crystal Palace. If no manager, I want to just be, you know, coach with the first team and help, help my club, you know, to, 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 to shape up, to, to be one of stable premiership clubs, you know. And um, I'm doing that every day. And every day when I go to sleep now, I, I, I'm dreaming to be on the byline of the Circus Park and giving motivation, a speech and, and support to the, to the Zach and Coleman, you know, that is my dream. Manchester United, talk us through. I mean, you've, yeah. you've talked through it a number of times, but what were you doing shooting from there? <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I think I can't. I come out of the game, and me, me old man said to me like that was uh, a bit too far. You know, you, <laughs> we know we know you like to shoot, but like, what was you thinking? And, you know, I've t- I think I've told this story a few times. I was I was actually on the bench for that game, and um, you know I felt I was doing well. And you know, Duggy called me and said, "Look, you're going to be on the bench." And stood his reasons totally. You know, we was going to to Old Trafford. We we just come off I think a ten game losing streak. You know, we we wasn't doing that well in the league. Not that we felt we were going to go and get embarrassed, but you know, if we went up, set our stall out two banks of four and tried to, to stop them playing, you know, we might nick something. That was exactly the reasons. You know, I was as frustrated as anyone because I wanted to play in this, this big game. So I went out, I was outside um, with Jermaine Easter and we were smashing balls left, right and, uh, you know, a bit in anger, a bit in, let's see what we do, but, you know, they were going everywhere, you know, I was clearing a hedge behind the, the goal and, you know, and I was just thinking to myself, look, I've I've gone, my head's gone, I've lost it, I can't shoot anymore. But brings me to the, the following day, and I, I come on at half time, a few injuries, a bit of luck for myself. I come on, picked up the ball, and it was kind of second nature. Whether that was because I did it the day before, I didn't realise that I was that far out. I just thought, well, 
I didn't think really. I just got it and hit it, and it it just went perfect for me. So, you know, that's a memory that will live with me to my dying days. To be honest, it's and my wife, my family, you know, my parents. It's it was a special occasion for everyone. And then to win the game was just it just topped it off really, and you know, like I said, I'll I'll, I'll remember that forever. I know Nick wants to jump in and ask you a couple of things on this, but I, I, I've just got to say, uh, I've never seen anyone hit a shot that seems to speed up um, the further it goes. I, I think it was still speeding up when it hit the net. It was incredible. Um, I think so, and, yeah. yeah. And obviously the reaction to it, I mean, you know, looking back at the commentary on the game, I was at, I was at the game, but obviously I recorded it and watched it back later, and I didn't see Gary Neville saying it's the best goal he's ever seen at Old Trafford and all that kind of stuff. It was just... Uh, yeah. But my favourite thing was the commentator saying... Not a bad hit as you hit it. So, what do you mean, not a bad hit? It's a massive, massive understatement. Um, yeah. But go on, Nick, you can jump in there, mate. Yeah, Darren, I was in the crowd that night as well. And then, do you remember the iconic picture of the, the dad with the two children in his arms? Oh, I do. I do. Okay, well, that was my best friend, Mark, who now has sadly passed. So, I was standing, yeah. next, yeah. I was standing next to him when he scored, he scored that goal. I've got to ask you, how many times have you watched that goal back? Uh, a lot. <laughs> so I, I watch it more now than I did back then. You know, when when I first did it, I come out, watched it a few times. Thought, oh, I like that one. That's one of my favourite goals. It's not my favourite. And um, now, obviously, my son, he's six now. He's massively into football. He watches it all the time. And like you said, it's it's the commentary that um, you know he's in the other room, and I can hear the commentary, and I'm like, oh, so the, so. I, I get up running there too because I want to look at it as well. So it must be really not played for that's it. Not playing for a while as well. The last couple of years, it is. It's a memory for me, and you know, it's one. It's one of those goals. I think Glenn Murray said it at the end of season two. It's one of these goals that I'm kind of a memory for now. Wherever I go, whenever I'm talking about football, everyone seems to have seen this goal, no matter what age they are. So. It's special for me and my family that I've, I happen to have that because not many people have, have a memory like that in their career. So I'm really proud of that achievement, to be honest. Absolutely. Absolutely. And right, and right so. Frenchman munches a festive cake. I like this one. It's really a cake, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's gone very quiet. Um, you've just said Frenchman. It's okay. So I can't. Four, three, two, no. one. Time no, I've, no, I've got it. No, no. I got it. I think. Go on, Patrick. Go on, Patrick. Yoanka by eats a mince pie. We have a winner. Oh. Um, Get in. <laughs> so, Mikey, sorry to these two. You're going to have to bleep. Are you f- kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> cake, mince pie. Best yeah. pie. It's a pie. It's called pie. <laughs> I hate you. I hate you so much, Lucy. I love you, Lucy. I love you so much, Lucy. I love you too, Patrick. Going on mute. <laughs> not, not me. Not, not me. Oh, I love how much you hate this game. <laughs> <laughs>
millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's, um, obviously, one of the other most memorable moments later on that year was, of course, the uh, the game against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> well, I don't know if you've ever seen it. There's a There's a thing on youtube one of uh was actually one of our listeners a guy called bubs does called a palace minute where he animates famous yes. <laughs> yeah. he's made me look very well on that he's given me about a <laughs> 10 pack he's given me some pecs so, so yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm all for them kind of characters <laughs> yeah he made me look wonders i've got to ask we had a few questions in as well and there was a few people asking one of the guys who's goes by the name of the BBS, which is a Palace Forum, a Zohar's penalty. Uh, he said, you know, what, what words were exchanged between you and the Wednesday fans at Hillsborough post-match? And were you even vaguely concerned? You know what? It was such a, a, it was such a surreal moment because I remember the whistle going and it was just pure elation and relief more than anything. Didn't enjoy one minute of the game, the whole build-up to it, just because you know the, the importance of the situation in the game. Uh, whistle went, result went for us absolutely brilliant I remember trying to shake a few of their lads hands obviously they're devastated um, make my way over to to the away fans thinking oh the lads must be there celebrating I get there I'm the only fella there and I'm going oh my god what's happening here so I clap I throw my boots in I think I throw, might even throw my top in as well and then I turn around and I just see like a, a cordon of police officers and I've gone oh my god I've got to get back through there and the, the, the steward pulled me and goes listen we've got to go that way I've gone what through them he goes, yeah. So can we not go around them? He goes, no, we're going to have to go through them. And to be fair to him, and I shook his hand after it, he took more than me, I think, to be honest <laughs> with you. He just, he took my head under his arm, mate, and he just piled right through everybody. And there was, yeah, there was spitting, there was punching, there was kicking, there was attempted punches that were missed. Um, yeah, you don't really know what kind of situation you are until you step back and look at it, you know, through video. Yeah, and then you think, what the hell were you thinking? You know what I mean. <laughs> but I mean, it's incredible. It didn't really get that much attention. But for, I thought it was, you know, watching it yeah. back, it was just a ridiculous situation to be put in. But uh, what I really love, and again, it is, it's in that. Uh, that animated video I mean obviously Nicky Cole didn't come out on a kangaroo which was disappointing <laughs> but, but he did he did come steaming out so did Big Claude and all that sort of stuff and it was yeah, yeah. Just, a, a, just a bizarre like you say surreal surreal moment it was yeah it was I mean like uh, we had uh, we had police interviews for a few weeks after that coming out of the house and uh, and going through the whole situation and saying could you pick anybody out that that we can maybe look at arresting or charging. I'm like, seriously, I can't remember the thing. All I was remembering was just trying to get into that tunnel without any kind of uh, broken noses or, or anything like that without falling over. Um, so, yeah, it was a real surreal moment, but got in the dress room, mate. Didn't think anything about it. The beers were open, we were all singing songs, it was happy. And, uh, yeah, we just moved on from there. 
Um, I'll tell you what I did do at a, uh, I don't know if it was end of season or Christmas party, I think it was Christmas party. We, um, so everyone's sat down at the Grosvenor Hotel, everyone's playing, uh, everyone's chilling out and um, everyone's at the meal. Simon Jordan's going round table by table and just sitting down having a chat with everyone. And um, I really like Simon, great, great guy, really, people have mixed opinions on him, but I um, thought he was a really generous guy and Palace through and through, so um, I think once I got my feet through the door at Palace, we shared uh, the love for the club, I suppose. But yeah, so it's Christmas party, he's come round the tables and he's come and sat down next to me and um, we're chatting away. And he goes, right, uh, says like, the, the girls and that are on the table, says, right, I'm, uh, I'm going to move on tables. Uh, enjoy your night, blah, blah. And he leaves his mobile phone <laughs> on the table. Right. So um, my eyes lit up straight away. So I um, get, get on his mobile phone, scroll down to Neil Warnock and text him, text Neil Warnock, I need to see you at 8.30 in the morning. <laughs> and... Um, Everyone on the table is going, no, of course, you haven't just sent that. You haven't just sent that. No way. So we're all watching Neil Warnock, who sat the complete opposite side of the room, answering his text message and seeing Simon Jordan, the other side of the room, going around tables. We must have been thinking, what on earth is going on? So anyway, night carries on for about 20 minutes, half an hour, and the uh, the host gets on the stage and says, uh, right, could everyone have a look round? Uh for a mobile phone Samsung blah 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 or whatever the phone was and um, I've obviously picked the phone up and stuck it on somebody else's table <laughs> it's carried <laughs> on and he's got his phone back Yeah. after about 20 minutes later um, you see Simon Jordan and Neil Warnock chatting blah 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 and uh, Simon Jordan walked straight over to me and said <laughs> don't you ever touch my phone again bro <laughs> <laughs> Straight away with me. Oh, um, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. But just to see Neil Warnock's face, it's like it's like uh, someone had whistled to a dog, and you see his ears prick up and look around for, for the chairman and just say, "What? Half a day meeting? Who's going to get the sack after the Christmas party?" <laughs> oh. well, well, Simon Jordan sat with Francis on his birthday, didn't he? So you know he's got four. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me. So that's that's one of a few. Um I've uh, stuck AJ's trainers to the floor after training with <laughs> when he's had to try and get his trainers on and they're super glued to the floor. Um Yeah, yeah I like that. Sean De- Sean Derry um he went to went up to central London to meet his mate. He'd, his mate from Nottingham was coming down. It's the first time he'd uh, come down to London from Nottingham and he was meeting Sean Derry. And Sean Derry was going to bring him back to his show his flat that he'd just rented out. So me and AJ shot into Bromley, into the pound shop and bought a load of uh, massive knickers and <coughs> massive bras and balloons and everything and covered his... Uh, covered his convertible car that was parked at uh, Beckenham train station and um, went and hid behind um, went and hid behind uh, the well parked in AJ's car down a side street and waited for him to come out of Beckenham train station to find his car all crushed that's another one <laughs> love it <laughs> absolutely love it well yeah. I mean <laughs> Yeah, and, uh, well, you know, it's, obviously everyone took it in the right spirit, I guess, but uh, I love well, it. Well, yeah, I'm a, 
Sean was showing off of his convertible BMW to his mate and finding it all trashed, and then he was, like, looking around for us. Yeah, <laughs> those are just some of the things. I sort of seem to, he seemed to forget that we were footballers at the time. People probably <laughs> knew who we were. Yeah. <laughs> I can say, if, I, if I'd walked past that scene, I don't know what I'd have done. That would confused the hell out of me. Yeah. But... Uh, he did tell us a story about um, basically stealing Simon Jordan's phone and texting Neil Warnock that they had to have a meeting the following day. Um, <laughs> Simon Simon actually tweeted us saying that Danny would be too stupid to operate his phone and then suggesting it was a lie. But where do you stand on that one? I'm, I'm assuming that happened. Well, I was sat right next to him when he'd done it, so I know he'd done it. <laughs> it, was, um, it was brilliant. Absolute masterpiece off him. It was great. <laughs> Good confirmation there. And uh, we did think Simon was having a bit of a, a bit of fun with it, rather than actually accusing him of an outright lie. So that's good to hear. Uh, he was talking about some Christmas parties, and uh, one of the ones that he remembered well was one that you'd set up yourself, and then proceeded to go back home to bed. For during, uh, is that we get any bells? Oh, <laughs> oh, it wasn't Peter Rummage, was it? Oh, my, my, I don't know how you managed to guess that so quickly, but yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah there you go. It, um, that would have been in, in Dublin, was it? Yeah, so yeah, uh, that's the one. Well. I had to pay a hefty, hefty fine, so um, <laughs> I had to pay a hefty fine when I when I did reappear. Um, so yeah, we 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 spent there. Uh, normally, you do have a, a Christmas party with the lads, and normally, kind of. It start in December where if, if the fixtures allow you um you normally end up having a, a bit of a fancy dress party or something just to kinda of let your hair down before the kind of bulk of the fixtures over the Christmas period. So yeah, that that Christmas party that you're you're talking about was in Dublin and um I did didn't last the pace as well as some of the other lads and, and then going back to bed and trying to trying to slip off for a little nap and um, and the boys weren't too best pleased with me because obviously it's my hometown and um, they expected me to be there but I did reappear um, and, and stayed out later than, than so I um, I got got my um, got got back in, in the game later on in the evening so it, was, uh, it ended it all, all ended well he left that bit out so I think he was he was just oh, focused yeah, he on would do, yeah, he, yeah. yeah he would do yeah, yeah I expect <laughs> nothing less from, from, from Rambo to be honest with you <laughs> So <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yes. Not 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 a not a celebrity. Mini, but mini cheddars for P Diddy. That's what I mean. There, yeah, obviously. There was there was this one guy who came in one night and um, very very deep South American accent um, was wearing a cowboy hat like it was this ridiculous. He was from Tennessee, I think, Lucy. <laughs> I was just going to say, was it Wayne Tennessee? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Tennessee. <laughs> um, if anybody hasn't listened to the Obama Llama episode where Lucy decided that cowboys from Tennessee. Um, do go back to I think it was the ninth, the ninth of December, maybe the tenth. Yeah, the tenth. And um, but he came in and um, came to the bar, ordered two shots of aftershock. Who knew that Americans even knew what aftershock was? And he put a fifty-pound note down on the table. It came to eight pound forty. Um, he said, "One's for you, one's for me." So I did a shot of aftershock with him, and then he left the change at a fifty-pound. So it's a pretty hefty tip. Not bad going for just one, and actually getting a drink as well. And um, then he went away, and then he came back half an hour later, same thing again. And um, 
was like, sweet. Third time he comes over, he's like, look, uh, is there any way I can get a table here? And I was like, well, yeah, I mean, there's a minimum spend. You have to spend this much, blah, 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 blah. And he was like, is there any way you can, um, like, sorry if this is weird, but sort of go outside and just get a couple of ladies to come and, like, share a drink with me? And this guy is like, I think he's probably, like, early 60s. I'm like, this is... Uh, share a drink? It's a bit tight. It, it was a bit weird but then um i was like well maybe i don't know it's not really something like i'm used to doing but whatever like if you want if you want to book a table I'll, I'll give it a go and he was like okay he was like do i pay cash and like reached into his pocket and pulled out a like a wedge of 50 pound notes like bigger than your fist it was ridiculous and um so i went outside found a couple of girls who were not girls they were women they were like i i, I aimed high <laughs> i aimed for as old as i could find in there and um just said look i've got a guy in there he seems legit he just wants someone to share a few drinks with him like what are you saying and the guy the girls were like yeah sure so he came and sat with him at the end of the night steam on it no it wasn't at the end of the night though the girls came over thank you so much he's such a lovely guy and the guy was just a legit married guy just wanted some company because he was over on business and it turned out he was a lawyer for boxers and that was why he was so very very rich mm. and um and then at the end of the night he left me a thousand pound tip and i was just like this is insane and then um so I bought all my school books for the year. How geeky is that? I bought all my university books for the year. And then the next time he came in, obviously all of the bar staff were like, I want to serve this bloke. He gives the, he gives the good stuff. And um, yeah, but I, sh- I showed it. I kept the receipt behind the bar deliberately to say, look, thank you so much. You bought all my university books for the rest of the rest of my years. And he was just like, oh, so in that case, you need to take this one and gave me another thousand pounds and said, you got to have some fun. <laughs> wow wow well listen the the moral of that story for any youngsters listening who are about to go to university or anything like that be a pimp uh really quick way of raising money for your school books uh don't think about the morals of the situation at all or the risks that terence took in that story it was all fine it all worked out fine I do want to share something with you because obviously uh, at the time of recording yesterday we were uh, due to record and um, hopefully the producer's on hand just to let you have a little listen to to what uh, Albert suggested we do uh, to, to fill the time while we were trying to communicate. So, uh, Mikey, you got that? Oh, Jim Piddock. Jim Piddock. Jim Piddock. <laughs> Jim Piddock. <laughs> Can't believe you're playing this to Jim Piddock. <laughs> just play this for 15 minutes. Oh, Jim Piddock. <laughs> That's fantastic. I mean, he's he's only learning, but he has got a talent, hasn't he? Well, so when baseball players have their, they select their tune when they come up to bat. That would be mine. It would be so sad. It's so oh, morose. It'll cost you, Jim. <laughs> really, really bad. Um, yeah, but I deserve that for, for um, screwing up yesterday and not being available when I thought I should be. I thought you'd appreciate it, though. So, uh, you know, I like to share the talents of the people on this show. Too. I mean, as a fellow artist, Jim, I can appreciate that, you know, you do get tied up and, you, you know. So, uh, yeah, just, you know, send me the CD and I'll get back to you. Great. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> It's 
obviously he's involved in football. I mean, Richard, I know Richard well. He's involved in football now. So how he sees things uh, going on is obviously totally different from when we were playing. But I mean, the bottom line was as soon as like a 17 year or an 18 year old came into the first team, he was if he didn't perform, he was given the same amount of stick as you know, like and, and they had to grow up really quick. Yeah. And and that's how it was in them days. And we've had, I mean, you ask any ex-pro footballer from 20, 30 years ago, you were always in dust-ups and fights and training. But that's it was, it was just the, the competitive spirit. It's like it was obviously it's totally well. I dare say they still have dust-ups. And I'd like Ian Wright says I was a bully. I whacked him a couple of times in training <laughs> games, like and like I'm I'm not going to say I'm sorry for that. It just things that happened. And if, if he was sort of trying to take your piss out of people, and I felt he was overstepping the mark, then I'd let him know. And uh, but all the players were the same. I mean, all all the don't have to be older players, but they all sort of like bullied people but you, you bullied people in a way that you thought would help them and make them sort of like grow up and I mean because it's, it's it doesn't matter what age you are like as soon as you step over that threshold it is a man's game and you've you, there's people out there that are going to think well especially in our day yeah I'll break his leg if he sort of tries to go past me uh, yeah. not that anybody done that on purpose but in them days, you could tackle. Nowadays, it doesn't matter because you're not allowed to tackle anymore. So, it's, it's these players they've got it a lot, not a lot easier, but it's, it allows them to play a little bit more than probably players nowadays. I mean, we just there was tackles from behind was a normal practice. Yeah, playing under Peter Taylor, which midfielder scored in both of his full, his first full games for the club? So the first full as in start and finish, he scored, and then the next time he started a game, he also scored. Oh, I see. Sorry, I see. Yeah, I uh, I'm tempted to take the Stuart Green route, Tim. Well, listen, just we're five now, mate. Just go with just, it. Just to see Patrick's face. Yeah, you're correct. It was Stuart Green. Patrick, oh! Patrick, Patrick actually had it, but he just started. <laughs> he started it with a. It's not. It's right. not his. It's not his, his What's American, What's American for six nil? <laughs> six nil. <laughs> right. Six nothing. Six nothing. You know, you kind of think about certain situations you find yourself in you know it was uh, the first time I played for Crystal Palace I was a single lad and the second time I came back and I was a married married man with two kids so it was two different different types of players and personalities that kind of pulled on the shirt back then and uh, you know the first time I came you know it was like first time in London you know I'm, I, I, I'm a Nottingham boy and I always wanted to play in London so I was delighted when Palace came knocking and wow, did I enjoy the bright lights for, for a short term. You know, I did. And, you know, uh, I really enjoyed it because we had some great teammates, some young players, you know, Butterfield, Johnson, just to name two. You know, we were, we were thick as thieves. We really were. And we had a wonderful time. It was, um, and that coincided with some pretty horrendous haircuts for me. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. But, 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 but the strange thing was, I, ended, I arrived at Palace and I actually was given the number 10 shirt 
and yeah. that was the first number I had at Crystal Palace, and it was like, it was it was a strange decision from Trevor Francis because um, Clinton Morrison obviously carried the number ten and carried it really well, and I think it was just like one of them situations where perhaps the manager makes a big point to change Clinton and give him a different shirt, and suddenly a, a holding midfielder, a deep a deep kind of defensive midfielder, was carrying the ten shirt, and I thought. I thought that was pretty bizarre. It, it, yeah, it's, it's an interesting point you make. I hadn't really thought about it until you said it, but I do remember you. Um, you, you, you know, you took free kicks back then, if I remember rightly. Um, you know, which is not something like real poor ones. I took some real <laughs> poor free kicks back then. <laughs> I think with the haircut on the number ten, I perhaps thought I was something that I wasn't. We moved to South East London and I've always loved going to watch football live and I persuaded John to go to Palace um, to watch them and we just loved it as soon as we got there. It was an amazing atmosphere and uh, yeah, my husband was like an instant convert and became like a militant Palace fan within about the first half and uh, so we've been going ever since. We've got season tickets but it's so great. I just think for lots of reasons, I really love supporting a local club. I mean, I don't think I can ever support anyone else now, but um, we've made so many amazing friends there, and it's just so good for the community. And aside from all the ups and downs of being a Palace fan, I mean, it's a really good lesson in disappointment management and, uh, um, you know, the underdog being a Palace fan. So it is a good, it's an amazing club to, to support. So we're very lucky. Don't do things by halves, you know. Every everybody in the media, you know, we don't really get talked about unless we beat a massive team or do record-breakingly badly. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> and it was it was the latter this time. So we got talked about every week on every radio station, every TV show, and you know, everybody was like, "I can't believe this is happening. It's the worst record ever in the world." Actually, Buenaventura in uh, Italy were doing way worse than us, but no one no one mentioned that. Um, and uh, I thought, nah, this is not, I mean, it's horrific, but we're Palace, man. Like, we, we don't do things by halves. We don't do rubbish or great by halves. We, like, we go all out. Like, <laughs> if, if we're going to be rubbish, we're going to be, you know, an absolute, like, Pompeii-style disaster. And if we're going to be great, we're going to do something ridiculous, like, like the way we turned over Leicester on the weekend, you know, with with that kind of team, with that kind of history. And so obviously it was horrific, but at the same time, was it like uh, an absolute crazy surprise? Sure. I didn't expect us to, to lose in, uh, you know, those seven games and not score a goal, but I didn't expect us to suddenly be amazing under De Boer. I was, I, was, I was thinking about the same thing myself, and I can only remember seeing Matt Lawrence score a goal in the snow, and that's all I've got. I can't remember. I think oh, it was that, okay. Yeah, I remember that. That was Sheffield Wednesday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Yeah. It was yeah, away from home. Yeah, scored. I remember that one because I, you know why he scored that one. I want to tell you a story about that, that goal. We were we were losing two one, and uh, I was going to go in the box, but I thought, wait a minute, Matty is a better header on the ball than me. And uh, so I said, Matty, you go, and I stay on the halfway line with, uh, with the, the high striker up front. You know, they left one up. 
<laughs> and uh, so I stayed with the striker there, and Matty went on the box <laughs> and ended up scoring a goal. <laughs> oh, brilliant. So, yeah, so I take credit for that one. <laughs> well, you should. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, there you have it. What a treat. Now, if you want to make sure you go on my nice list this year, please share and like this podcast calendar to help us raise funds for the Palace for Life Foundation. Anyway, see you tomorrow and Merry Christmas. Right, I'm off of a sh- It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.